Life is full of uncertainty, obstacles, and anguish. Some days it seems like we are merely surviving. But wouldn't you rather live life? A life full of hope, peace, and joy? Come alongside of me as I share my experiences of failure, sorrow, and shame. Yet, coming alive, I've encountered God's grace, mercy, and redeeming love. It's your time to stop just surviving and take root, grow, thrive, and come alive. Hey everybody, welcome back. Last week we kicked off our But God series and talked about how we can acquire wisdom. We looked at a couple passages revealing how God so generously wants to give us this wisdom and that no matter where you find yourself right now, that you have the ability and the opportunity to see and experience firsthand the power that comes with believing in God's promises. Today I'm going to share with you where some of that power comes from. But first, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you love us so much, that you continually give us opportunities, Lord, to just um, come back to you, to give you all that we are holding on to, that we are trying to do in our own power, Lord, when we have the absolute power to tap into at any opportunity and at any time, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you are glorified in the word shared, Lord. I know sometimes sharing testimonies can be so hard. But God, I have seen it firsthand in my life, the beauty that comes from being vulnerable to your spirit. And so I just pray, Lord God, that you open the hearts of all the ears that are hearing this, that you, God, are glorified. In your name, amen. Okay. Revelations 12, 10, and 11 says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. My journey to Jesus was not a smooth ride. And for years, I questioned and actually found myself blaming God for things because I was bound so tightly in captivity by sin. I mentioned in the teaser how when I was preparing this message uh, with the focus of being experiencing joy through the trials, I began like thinking and praying and asking God, you know, share with me which trial I should really emphasize on. And guys, it's so nice that, you know, when when God gives you multiple opportunities to share your trials, you know, but God, but God, he is amazing. And he has even more ideas and is so generous to give us a lot of new ones. You know, I mean, he doesn't want us to just use the old ones. He's going to give us new challenges. And that's exactly what he did when I started preparing this message. And so I can laugh about it because God is good. And I know what he's up to a little bit, not all of it, but anyways, Our pastor often asks us, where is Jesus in our lives? And there was one day that he used a car analogy and encouraged us to not just have Jesus in our passenger seat, but to let him drive. Well, after he mentioned this fun car idea, God began breaking down the journeys in my own life by using the same analogy. And here's the breakdown of my journey to Jesus. Got three parts. First part is the back seat before I knew Jesus. Then the second part, passenger seat. I invited Jesus in as my savior. And then the third spot is driver's seat, where he became Lord and savior over my life. I think it's so important to share a few different seasons where I personally endured trials, 
mostly because of how I handled the trials, because they were totally different with each situation because of where I was at in my relationship with Christ. Backseat. Before I knew Jesus, I was born and raised in the very same house that my parents are still living in today. My dad began pastoring when I was young, and my mom stayed home with all six of us girls. Yes, six girls. I was number four and often introduced myself as such. Hi, I'm number four. My home life was great. Normal life, I had parents that loved me and raised us to know who Jesus was. Um, therefore, he was sitting in the back seat of my car at this point. So we were heavily involved in the church and did all the church activities. Um, but sadly, when I was five years old, there was an unfortunate situation that happened. My innocence was taken by somebody close to me. Their sense of curiosity left me crippled. And at such a young age, my confusion with this person began to close me off. And I said nothing. And I continued to allow this to happen for four years. During those four years, my knowledge of who Jesus was started to grow. I remember hearing a sermon about hell being the place where sinners would burn for eternity if they were not saved from their sin. Well, ladies, I had a severe amount of sin piling up and no savior. So off to the fire is where I was heading. Scared me pretty bad. I wasn't really sure what all of it meant, but at that point I asked Jesus into my life to save me. I did not want to burn. I never uttered a word to anyone about what happened even to Jesus at this point, which is silly because we know that he knows everything. But I asked him into my heart and I was baptized. And at that point, a fire inside of me was ignited. Passenger seat invited Jesus in as my savior. Now Jesus had moved from back seat to passenger seat. And I had such a fear of eternal flames for others that I wanted to share Jesus with them even if I scared it into him, right? <laughs> and as I did this, I awaited that newness that we were promised. I, I was waiting for that to set in, the healing and the hope to begin, right? But nothing drastic happened, and I just was heartbroken. After a year of knowing my need for a Savior and inviting him in, I finally built up the courage to stop what had been happening behind closed doors. But even though I had the courage in that moment, Less than a year later, another incident happened with somebody totally different. Unable to process or even speak of the things that happened, I just began to bottle it up. My crippled state continued to corrupt my way of thinking and inability to process all that had happened. So I put on a face as if everything were okay. I think that I even began coping with humor and just being this hard rock, not showing emotion, to just really avoid the problem at hand. And you know what? No one noticed I was broken. I began believing that I was a rock star actress and like hit it so well. So good, right? No one would ever know. No one would ever find out except God. And he knows and sees all. When this realization kicked in, I heard a voice telling me no one cares enough to even notice anyways. So junior high hit and I was all twisted up and not processing, just coping all these silly things. And I began to cope with these insecurities and secrets that I was holding onto so tightly. I would dive into things that I was good at, or I 
really enjoyed the attention that I got from boys. And I did that because I learned that if I was willing, then I felt wanted. But the harder things got, the more my coping intensified until it was into very bad places. I was seriously needing peace from where the chaos was residing. Trials have a way of creating chaos, don't they? Especially if we don't have Jesus in that driver's seat of our life. After COVID, uh, things were really chaotic. And um, the mom's ministry that we had here, uh, the theme was chaos. And of course, you know, it was during that time that the Lord shared a beautiful way to encourage women through the chaos. The acronym for chaos is Christ has an obvious solution. John 16, 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus promised us that he has an obvious solution for us, even in the midst of that chaos. Jumping back to my teenage years, I knew in my head that Christ had the solution for all the hurt and hate in this world, but I was really struggling with making the heart connect to that truth. Because anytime I think I was gaining and getting closer to the Lord, the enemy quickly reminded me and pulled me back to what a failure I was. And look at all this stuff that nobody knows. Do you want that to be seen? And for me, it was much easier to believe the lie than face the cold hard truth. One that no one knew. So fast forwarding to when I reconnect with my now husband, uh, Okay, ladies, I'll be totally honest. This could have be its own series in itself, um, but I'm not going to bore you with that right now. But if that is something that you want to hear, I would take the time to do that. So just shoot me a message. But um, long story short, from the very first moment I saw my husband back in grade school, it was just we caught eyes. It was, yeah, I, this is not a long, a short story, is it? Sorry. Um but I, I had this tug on my heart when I saw him walk by. We caught eyes, and there was just this feeling inside me I couldn't understand. And it's not those silly butterflies that <laughs> that we feel when somebody's really cute or whatever. But it was something that God really wanted me to take hold of, and I'm glad I didn't dismiss it. But even through all the masking and the walls that I had grown to know, Seeing him, I don't know, that feeling, there was just something different. Well, the happy ending didn't happen there. No way. We had a roller coaster of teenage love and didn't rekindle this love until after we were both in college. Um, but in college, there was a, a friend that I had met, um, one that despite my rock-hard bitterness all around me, she loved me like Jesus. And it was all because of this love and encouragement that she showed me that I decided to swear off boys. I know, I know you know my history, but really I did try. And I was a good month into it of making this decision, no boys, when, I mean, God brought Marcus back into my life. And um, that's a whole other story, a whole other story in itself. But fast forwarding to our first year of marriage, it was not the happy ending I was anticipating. Um, I think growing up, I really convinced myself to the point where I really believed it, that if I got married, all the junk that happened before would be like just dumped off a cliff and I would have a clean slate just with me and my husband. (laughs) 
oh dear sweet naive candace i know that's what you're all thinking um that could not have been farther from the truth but i quickly learned that because ladies when there are roots of sin bitterness and pain that are left untouched no matter how bad you wish them away they will always break the surface and continue to suck the life out of anything in its path so my old ways the ones i hid so well they almost ruined my marriage remember that tug god had given me when i first saw my husband yeah this all breathed truth during this season in my marriage because my husband showed me grace. He showed me love despite the awfulness that I was. He loved me like Jesus. When I became a mom, it rocked my world and not like, this is amazing. I mean, it shook me. It shook me to my core because as I held my son for the first time, I broke inside thinking, God, how in the world am I going to take care of this baby if I can't get myself together? Oh, but God, but God, he always, always, always has a way and wants to show us that way. That precious little boy began the process of breaking down the walls of bitterness. It was a terribly slow process, like watching paint dry, but 10 times worse. But God is faithful. God is patient. And he had a plan. Yes, even for a wretch like me. driver's seat when jesus became lord and savior the spring of 2019 god had been working on my heart pretty hard in such a way i couldn't really comprehend it and one day it happened the floodgates opened and for the first time ever i told my husband about everything that happened when i was five guys this was eight years into my marriage and i was unleashing this deep dark secret that i had been sitting on not just for the eight years of my marriage but 25 years Secrets I wished away so badly that I even believed that they weren't there. But God, he has called us to be whole, healed, and restored. And that is what he was doing. So in June of this year, I attended a Beth Moore conference in Lincoln with four of my sisters. Um, I was really torn about going. I know now that part of me that was hesitant was just the enemy trying to derail me from what God had in store. Because, oh boy, was it a doozy. So at this conference, everything Beth Moore had said, it was as if she was looking directly at me and saying my name. Candace, where are you going? What's your destination? I hummed and hawed around it because, let's be honest, growing up in the church, I hear that question a lot. Heaven, right? That's the answer. But today she added something. She said, are you willing to go all in as you go to your destination? All in. Hmm. Those two words paralyze me. I can't do that. I can't let go of everything I've grown so good at hiding and holding on to. I would be absolutely broken. And then I heard a voice say, Yes, child, you are broken. Give me all the pieces. There's a saying that says, If you want God to heal your broken heart, you must give him all the pieces. That day in the auditorium, I prayed that all in prayer. I stepped out of the driver's seat and I invited Jesus to come in and drive for me. I'd like to even say that I broke that darn rearview mirror, but I'll try to be not so dramatic because that didn't really happen. But 
I did surrender the broken pieces of my heart that day. Those things that I held so tightly to, God gently reached down and touched my white-knuckled fist and allowed me to release the grip and give it to Him. I felt lighter, freer almost. But nothing really changed, and I didn't tell anyone what I had prayed. I just sat on it, held it to myself. Then, less than two hours after the conference, I began having the worst pain in my stomach. The stripping away of my old self was in full swing. I didn't know it then, but I can see it now that every battle I have faced since that very moment, I have a hope in my heart, a joy in the journey, knowing that the, that the God we serve, His plan, it will prevail. Whether I'm on board for it or not, His plan will be carried out. But He wants me there. He wants me to be a part of that. And ladies, as someone who struggles with like FOMO, you know, fear of missing out, I didn't want to miss out on that. God had stuff in store for me and I wanted to know what it was. And there was something about that painful stripping process that opened my eyes. The scales fell off my eyes and I saw that the need for everything that had happened, whether done to me or self-inflicted, that God had a plan for it all. And he has a plan for you too. Our trials transform our testimony. That is truth. And we can either let them eat away at us until there is nothing left. Or we can trust the one who's gone before us, endured the same trials that we face, and know without the shadow of a doubt that he has overcome them all. Yes, all of them. And we are victorious. That, that right there is a story worth telling, isn't it? I pray that there is no discouragement in your story. Whether you've led a colorful life or maybe more bland, God has you right where you're at for a very specific purpose. The question I want to leave you with today is, are you willing to allow him into your driver's seat along the journey? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your love, for your goodness. I just thank you, God, that when we can stop focusing on ourselves, that we can see what you have for us, Lord. Even through the midst of the brokenness, there is such beauty, Lord. Your grace has given us the opportunity to just to overcome all these things that you've already given us victory in. And I just pray, Lord, that that the brokenness that is out there, God, that that there is hope in the restoration, that there is hope in the redeeming that you, God, are glorified and you, God, are sought after. And that, Lord, anybody hearing this right now, God, if there is a spot in their life that they are still white-knuckled, clenching to something, God, that they release that into your hands. I just pray, Lord, that you are honored and glorified through this all in your name. Amen. I can't wait to continue in the series with part three, Understanding God's Side of Our Trials. We will talk about how God's discipline in our lives enhances our development. But until then, thanks for joining me.